Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Gang, registration for Uncharted Staff Drama Conference closes in three weeks. The price is going to increase in two weeks. What does that mean? It means you have two weeks to get your seat before the price goes up and three weeks before it is locked down and you won't be able to get in. Guys, Uncharted Staff Drama coming up. August 21st through 24th in Kansas City. We had a bonus episode a couple of days ago, the Uncharted Staff Drama Conference Companion. Check it out if you think this conference might be for you, and then grab your spot. Grab it fast. I do not want you to miss it. It really is something magical. With that, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. (laughs) <laughs> We're back. It's me and my cohort, my co-pilot, Stephanie. Say hello to my little friend, Goss. <laughs> that one didn't even make any sense. <laughs> I love it. How's it going, It'll make sense. It'll make sense. What are we talking about today? I am excited about this one. So um, we got uh, some mail through the mailbag. And um, this one is about having a new associate come on board. And um, this vet was saying that they um, are two doctor practice. They're um, themselves and their associate have been practicing for quite a few years. And they actually went to the same vet school together. And they practice a pretty similar style of medicine. And they recently hired a new vet who's been out of school two years, I think, um, and they were saying that they really like this new associate and they think that that this person is going to be awesome. Um, but they're a little worried about how to get clients to accept the new vet because they feel like the perception may be that um, the new vet is more inexperienced or more green than they are because they've been out of school a while. And so um, they were asking about how to get clients on board and accept a new vet and be patient with them as they're as they're learning and as we were talking about this, I thought, well, this could easily apply to a new grad too. And it's the time of year where all of our vet students have graduated and they're all excitedly starting their new jobs here in the next couple of months. And I think um, this scene kind of repeats itself in almost every clinic that has a new grad at some point in time. And so I think we wanted to talk through how do we get clients to accept new associates and also what do you do about your team? How do you, how do you set a new associate up for success straight out the gate? Oh yeah, we get, it is that time of year. It totally is right. Is right around now people go, Hey, um, I hired a new vet and I'm going to really go on vacation. And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go on vacation. Her, see them. <laughs> she's got, she's got her feet under, but, um, how do I get people to see her, mm-hmm. please? Mm-hmm. And so those are the questions <laughs> that come in right now. Um, yeah, we, I got an answer for that. Um, yeah. yeah, and then I think I think the larger question is, as you said, how do we get them up to speed with the team and get them supported? And we'll throw that in as a as a free bonus piece of the podcast. <laughs> but the big one that people want to know is, how do I get my clients to see them? How do I get my clients to trust them? All right. How do you well, want to tackle this? So I think I think for me, it as a as a manager, um, and as someone who is trying to wave my magic wand and bring 
team, new doctor, clients all together to exist peacefully in the same space. Like, I, I know that you said it's a bonus piece of the podcast, but I really think that it starts with the team because I feel like in in my personal experience with having had new grads come on um, multiple times and new associates, I really feel like the team can make or break this experience um, both for the new doctor as well for the clients. Because if you think about it, our team is the first faces that clients see when they walk in the door. They're the first people that they talk to on the phone. They hold the power for success from, from the client perspective in their, in their hands. And so I feel like you really have to focus on that piece to help make them successful. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I'll tell you a story from my own career. You know, the last clinic that I started working at, the one that I'm at now, it's been about six years. And I remember when I first got there, I would go into exam rooms and like every fourth exam room, the pet owner was just thrilled that I was there. Like I would mm-hmm. walk in and they would fan themselves like, ah, oh, so <laughs> and, and like they were so happy. And finally I walked in and I said, hi, I'm Dr. Rourke. And she said, I am so glad to meet you. And I said, can you, can you tell me why? And she's, and it turns out that one of my technicians was going in and just telling the pet owners that she saw that I was awesome. That you're like, you were, you, you get to see our new vet today. He is fantastic. You are going to love him. He is so funny. He's so nice. We are so lucky to have him. And I could tell, I could tell exactly which room she set up because I would walk in mm-hmm. and you just read it on the person's face. Like the pump is the pump has been primed. Like this person is stoked that they get to see the awesome new vet. Compare mm-hmm. that to, you know, the standard scenario, which is the pattern is like, oh, we have to see the new person. Oh God. Mm-hmm. It's but it was purely the presentation of the team. And so I'm crushing it in these rooms mm-hmm. because at some point confirmation bias kicks in. If the pet owner thinks that you're awesome and they're super pumped to work with you and they think that you're going to be fantastic, then mm-hmm. you just have to be not awful and <laughs> they will, and they will <laughs> decide that you're fantastic. You just have to <laughs> not talk them out of the idea that you're great. You have to be great. Just don't actively disprove the notion. Oh, hashtag truth. <laughs> that's, yeah. that is, that's a true one. Like I, I think about it too. Um, I think about um, several of the doctors that I worked for in, in my career where they told me stories of when they first got out of vet school and they started at their first job as a new grad. And I think three out of the four of them, the story was exactly the same, which was they graduated vet school. They started at their new clinic And at the day that they started, the practice owner took off on vacation. And so it was them as a new, as a new grad, as a new associate by themselves, trying to figure out how do I make this work and um, talk about having to climb a mountain straight, um, straight away. Like not only are they working by themselves in an unfamiliar environment with an unfamiliar team, but they have usually in a solo practice all the clients are familiar with the owner and when the owner's not there, it's like, Oh God, I have to see this person that is, is here. That is not that vet, but that experience could have gone so much differently if there was 
um, a period where the practice owner was like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm super excited. We have a, a new vet that's coming on board. They're going to be here with me, you know, for couple weeks and then, yeah, I'm going to take off on vacation and I'll see you guys when I get back. But, you know, you're going to love this person. And, you know, this is why I hired them. I think they're awesome. I'm super excited about it. Those two things are drastically different. And I think, unfortunately, um, a, a lot more times than not, especially new grads tend to get the short end of the stick in terms of the practice ownership or the practice management's um, involvement in ramping things up with the clients. And so I think that's for, for me, it stuck with me. So when we, when we got this one, I was like, oh, I would love to talk about this because I think it's, um, is an area where we can really, really help our new associates and help set things up for success right, right away. Yeah. This hits really hard on a skill that you and I teach a lot when we talk on the, about the front desk. It's also a great skill for technicians. It's positive framing versus negative framing. And so people come in and, uh, or, or they'll call and they'll say, Hey, um, I want to get in for an appointment today. And negative framing is saying, I don't have any appointments today. All I've got is something for, I mean, is tomorrow morning. Okay. That, right. That's negative framing. Positive framing is they said, Hey, I need to get in for an appointment today and say, well, I've got good news. I can get you in first thing tomorrow morning. I know it's not today. But it's a pretty tight turnaround given how busy we've been. Right. And yeah. same message, 100%. In one, I've got good news for you. I can get you in first thing tomorrow. I know it's not exactly what you want, but it's pretty good given how busy we are. Versus mm -hmm. I can't do what you want. All I can do is this tomorrow morning thing. It's the same thing with, I mean, it, it comes up again and again and again and again and again. Don't tell people what you can't do for them. Tell them happily what you can do for them. And yeah. that it makes a massive difference. Exact same thing when we're talking about veterinarians. Don't tell them that they can't see the doctor they love or the doctor they've been right. seeing forever. Tell them that you do have a doctor available who can meet their needs, who is excellent and is going to be a delight. And she can be seen this afternoon. Like, yeah, it, it's it's the framing of the message right off the bat. God, that's so important. So completely agree how we set uh, the, the vets up. It really, really matters. Well, and so for me, that's where that's where it comes back to starting with your team. So I think the the first thing for me is that they have to get to know the new new vet, whether they're a brand new grad or they've been out of school a few years, or even a tenured associate who's coming on board as um, as the new person. The team has to know that get to know that person. They have to know um, some specifics. And so for me, I tend to cover. Um, five kind of main points with with my team and they're easy ones and we kind of talk through them as talking points so that they can use them in conversation with the clients so there it's no different than the kind of information that you're going to put on your website but it's being able to give some personal insight to who they are not just that they're you know the new guy who's who's starting today. Things like where did they go to school? Where did they go to vet school? Are they are they local to you? Did they did they just um you know come from across the country because they've been in, in vet school at Cornell for the last four years? Like where where did they go to school and um and then what is their what's a special interest or something that they're excited about in terms of medicine? If you ask especially any new grad, if you ask them, you know, what what's your favorite 
thing about veterinary medicine, you're going to get a really passionate answer. Now you may get like 10 answers and the answer may be, oh, I want to try everything. But you, you can pick one or two things out of that list to be able to talk about with your with your clients in a way that is going to help serve them, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, this is introductions 101. So whether this is you introducing the new vet to your team or your team introducing the new vet to the clients or you introducing the new vet to the clients, I mean, there's three pieces. <clears throat> it's a clear introduction of the person. It's the per- pertinent connection to the person that they're introducing to and um, and where we go from here. And so the classic example of this is Anigo Montoya in The Princess Bride. Hello, my name is Anigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. And so when we break this down, hello, my name is Anigo Montoya's introduction. You killed my father. This is the pertinent connecting information, what we have in common, what we shared, and then prepare to die. That's where we're going to go from here in the relationship. And so just putting that down, everybody's familiar with this uh, introduction. Don't kill your clients. (laughs) Well, yeah. In in our case, hey, this is Dr. Rourke. Um, He is here. um, He is uh, a super funny guy that really likes to have fun in the exam rooms. You guys may have seen his videos and he's going to be working with us. Let's get him up to speed and make sure the clients feel comfortable with him. Mm-hmm. Or, um, Hey, this is Dr. Rourke. He is super passionate about physical therapy. And I know mm-hmm. that's an area a lot of you are excited about building up. Mm-hmm. Let's, w- let's get to know each other and work with him and we can move in that direction. Or, Hey, this mm-hmm. is Dr. Rourke. He's, um, he's got a ton of interest some of the ones he's really excited about are low stress handling and fear-free handling. And that's something I know a lot of you guys have been excited about. And so he's going to help us move that ball forward. And so Mm -hmm. it's not just, Hey, this is Dr. Rourke. He came from North Carolina. He likes, uh, he likes uh, ultimate Frisbee and trivia about the uh, 1800s British empire. Like those things are not, you know what I mean? Like those, there's right. nothing there for the text to grab, unless you have right. special texts who are like 1800s British empire. Oh, where has he been for the last 10 years? Oh, shout out to my pub quiz friends. Cause I'm sure that we have some listeners who are getting really excited about your uh, Jeopardy pub quiz questions <laughs> right now. Um, no, but, but, but really it needs to be something that your team can connect with. But the reason that I use these um, quotes, questions or topics is because I guarantee you that these are questions that the clients are going to ask. They are going to, at some point, some client is going to ask, well, where did they go? Where did they go to school? What, you know, what, what are, what are their specialties? What do they like to do? Because they know things like that about your current vets. And so they're going to ask those kind of questions. So I like where'd they go to school? What's their special interest? Um, where did they grow up? Particularly if they're from the area and they have moved back after vet school, it's a nice connection to the local community. Um, or if they grew up somewhere different, it's a really nice um, connection to be able to talk to. You know, they they grew up, you know, on the East Coast, but they came out here to the West Coast for, um, you know, to explore during vet school and they just fell in love with the Pacific Northwest and here's what they like about it. I mean, that's a really easy topic of conversation. And then the two big ones for me are why why does the team like working with them. And so you mentioned um, when you were talking about your technician setting up your rooms for success, she may not have 
spent a whole lot of time with you yet, but she knew who you were. And so it was easier for for her to say, oh, he's so funny. I think you're really going to like him. Um, And that that may be a vote of confidence that has to come from the practice ownership or from the practice management. And to me, it goes hand in hand with the next one, which is why did the practice owner or the management team hire them? And so for me, my my duty with my team and also with my new doctor is that I have to make sure that my team knows why do I think that they will be an awesome fit for them? Why am I excited about them working with the team? And why did I hire them? What did I see in them that made me say, I think that this person will be a fantastic fit for our team because nothing is going to give your team the confidence to frame it in a positive light than understanding why you're excited about this and why you made this decision. Yeah, I I love those questions. When you're thinking about how to introduce a new team member, and it could be support staff, I like to introduce my new technicians. Mm -hmm. And one, I do it uh, because it does put the pet owner at ease. I I love telling the pet owners, how excited I am to work with the technicians, especially mm-hmm. if I'm going to be hospitalizing their pet because that oh, technician yeah. is going to be someone else who may be a good point of contact for them. If the pet owner doesn't trust the technician, they don't want to talk to the technician on the phone. They want me to talk to them on the phone. Yes. But if they trust the technician and believe the technician is great, they can be very happy talking to that technician. So I'm doing myself a huge service by building trust in that technician and and introducing the pet owner to the tech and endorsing the technician. That's what it comes down to. I love the points that you make, you know, where, uh, where do they go to school? Where are they from? Uh, what's, do they have special interest? The big thing for me is this, if I'm introducing uh, a new doctor to a pet owner or, um, a new doctor to a staff member or the manager or whoever, right. I want to give them some background information on this person, right? Mm-hmm. The, the things that I care about, there's really two things that I put a lot of weight on. Number one, and this is the biggest thing. What do they have in common? Mm-hmm. Right. So if I bring in a new vet and I'm like, hey, so this is Dr. Stephanie and uh, she's uh, she's a new vet here. You know, she has Boston Terriers at her <laughs> house and I'm talking to a pet owner who has a Boston Terrier there in the exam room. Boom. Right. I don't have to say anything else. Like the fact that you are a Boston Terrier veterinarian, pow, I got their attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I'm going to talk about their hometown generally for two reasons. Uh, it's because it's this hometown, right? Same hometown mm-hmm. as a client or it's, they're, they're a local person coming back. Hey, mm-hmm. we have this in common. Oh, he went, um, he was a Clemson guy. Cause I, I practiced in South Carolina and Clemson is right down the road. If, if the new vet is a Clemson graduate, who's come back to the area, you go, I'm going to tell people, Oh, Clemson, Clemson girl, uh, born and raised, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, again, it's that commonality. So number one is anything that I thought like they probably have in common, um, with the pet owner, I definitely want to throw that on the table. And the second thing is just interesting things. Um, she's been in the, in the West coast her whole life, just moved to South Carolina a month ago mm-hmm. and is, and is learning to love grits, <laughs> whatever the thing is in South Carolina, wherever you right? so, uh, what do they have in common? And then interesting things that people go, Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I'll remember that, right? I'll mm-hmm. remember this is the thing about you. And then the yeah. last two, the last part of it is, hey, let me tell you why I love working with this person. T- let me tell you why we hired this person. And those those are really the take-home pieces. But yeah, I, I think, and again, I don't want to just give the impression that we're doing a 20-minute, like we're not, 
we're not bringing in, uh, you know, a table and some mood lighting and sitting down together to have a meal. This <laughs> is very fast. Uh, when I talk to, when I talk to uh, practice owners who have an associate and they're going, I'm trying to get people to see the associate, pull the associate into your appointments with you. Even if you're still doing the appointment, just you're going out, you do the appointment, you do the examination, you step in the back, you do the stuff, you look at the ear cytology, whatever. When you come back in, if that new vet's standing there, grab him or grab her and say, hey, come with me real quick. I just want you to meet somebody. And then introduce them to the pet owner who's not even seen them this time. Mm-hmm. But it's not the first time that the pet owner is seeing this person anymore. And they're yeah. shaking hands. And we're, we're just starting to build that trust. And so this is a process. But making those uh, introductions important. And if you are the established vet, the endorsement, it matters. Mm-hmm. If you tell pet owners, I am thrilled to work with this technician. Hannah is fantastic. I love working with her. She is excellent your pet is in for a treat today. That is, yeah. I've, I've said pretty much exactly that statement to people many, many, many times. And, and it, it puts them at ease and it makes Hannah feel fantastic. And she is fantastic. And, and just, you know what I mean? Just start, just start laying that groundwork and, and building that trust. But that endorsement, it's the introduction too. But, yeah. but if you're the established owner, if you're the one who's been there for 30 years, if you're the one that everybody looks up to, if you don't tell the pet owners, I am thrilled to have this person. I am excited. I trust her. Then mm-hmm. how do you expect them to trust her? And they, yeah. you know, they, they may jump to the idea of, wow, he was just so busy. He got the first vet that he could get. I right. want to dissuade that idea as fast as possible. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the things that I um, have done, and I feel like it's really a um, time well spent is, um, if you have the capacity at all for the first couple of days when you have a new vet, regardless of how long they've been out of school, is to put them on schedule with your owner doctor if they're there. And if you have an absentee owner doctor with whoever your senior doctor is for the day and have them shadow and go into the room and create the opportunity 13 to 20 times a day for two or three days, um, to meet clients and they may never, they may not see those clients again for another year, but your team is seeing the behavior modeled over and over, which is that you are introducing them to all of your clients to the new doctor. There's no sense of competition. It's not about who's going to see this client. It's about, Hey, I would like you to meet, um, you know, Dr. Rourke, he's our newest doctor, Dr. Rourke, this is, you know, Mrs. Smith and her pet, you know, Fifi, whatever, whatever the deal is, create an opportunity for them to have small talk, do it over and over again for your whole case schedule for the first couple of days. It's going to do two things. One, it's going to create, um, the opportunity for your clients and your staff to get to know that doctor a little bit and hear that behavior being hear and see that behavior being modeled over and over again. The other thing it's going to do is for the new doctor, it's going to not only create opportunities for them to meet other clients, but it's going to give them a couple days to see kind of what is the routine, particularly in the case. So in the example we got, it was two associates that practice very similar medicine. They went to the same school. So probably a lot of the same processes and protocols that they used in terms of diagnostics and in terms of um, 
how they're doing things with their team, if they are really similar, it gives that new doctor the opportunity to see this is what the other doctors are doing in these kind of cases. And it allows them to get comfortable with where do things live? How do you handle when a client comes in and, um, you know, has an ear infection and wants to refuse an ear cytology? Like, what are your processes and protocols? It presents them in a living, breathing way versus a, hey, here's our handbook. Here's our, you know, standard operating procedures. This is how we want you to practice medicine and shoving a big giant binder at them because that is never going to be absorbed in those first couple of days. But if you can commit the time and have them spend that time shadowing, it's time that is so well spent. Oh, completely agree. I mean, just, you can call it shadowing, you can call it mentoring, you can call it onboarding. That, mm-hmm. that is time well spent. It's them absorbing into the culture and just seeing how we do things. One mm-hmm. thing that nobody wants when they bring in a new vet is to have um, a, a poor fit with the practice, right? Mm-hmm. Or have wildly conflicting styles. Right. We want someone who's going to assimilate, at least partly, we're not saying don't be yourself, but we are saying you need to assimilate into the culture to mm-hmm. some degree, so that you you match you match the tone or you match the style that that people are going to be used to. Otherwise, you're really fighting an uphill battle because the practice has assembled a certain type of clientele. They have been communicating with the the clientele in a certain way for years and years and years, and you're essentially starting over with an audience that is not used to what you're doing. So you want to mm-hmm. at least figure out what is you know what is the base culture. What are people? What are their expectations? What have these people been exposed to in the past? just so that you can work more effectively with them. And the last thing I would say about sort of, you know, getting, getting them, getting them introduced, um, impress upon your technicians, how much their endorsement means, because mm-hmm. a lot of times the techs don't think that them putting in a good word for the vet is going yes. to matter. And they're wrong. It absolutely does matter. The pet owners listen to the text when the text says, you're so lucky you get to work with this person. And so empower them to say that. And if you really want to crush it, if you really want to be just next level as you bring in uh, a new doctor, circle up with the team and have a conversation before the doctor gets there, right before they start, about how we're going to introduce the doctor. Yes. And so, again, this is, yes. you guys know, I love role play. The first rule of role play is don't call it role play because everybody hates it and they'll immediately <laughs> freak out and shut down. We, <laughs> we have a meeting and we say, guys, we are going to practice talking about blank. Mm-hmm. And so guys, we're going to practice talking about the new doctor. And I would have a conversation like this with the techs and for the room. And I'll have a conversation with the front desk, but I would just say, Hey, so you're the technician. You've set up the room. Uh, you're getting ready to leave. How are you going to introduce the new doctor that this person has never seen before? Mm-hmm. And just, Take suggestions, let them tell you, you know, have a discussion, get, I always use the flipboard. I love the big post-it notes, like mm-hmm. the walls, you know, the big mm-hmm. flip chart side post-it notes and just be like, tell me, like, give me some suggestions. Like say it in your own words, you're getting ready to leave the room, say, Hey, you're going to see, and tell me what you would say. And you don't have, there doesn't have to be a lot of structure here, but mm-hmm. let them think about it and ha- just, just go ahead. That's the biggest part is actually thinking about what you would say. But then let them hear what other people would say. And ultimately, people will hear what works and what's good. And you're also just making this top of mind. I don't roll up with a script. I'm not like, this is exactly what you're going to say. Because that Mm -hmm. sounds phony. And everybody should say it in their own way. And they Mm -hmm. should be honest about why they're excited that this vet is here. But get them thinking about them. Get them talking about it. 
give them, and that's a great way to lay out the expectation of give this person a, a give them a warm room. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. warm, warm the warm the client up for them, uh, so that they're working with a little bit of credibility when they come in. Yeah, absolutely. And I th- I think um, I love that idea. I love taking, um, especially if you have laid the groundwork and you have given them um, the basic information about your vet, whether they're already there or not, learning learning the basics about them and then saying, okay, you guys have this information. What are you going to do with it? How, how, you know, how are you going to set this up for the client? You know, Mrs. Smith calls in and, um, you know, she needs her recheck done, but I'm in surgery tomorrow and, um, you know, Dr. Rourke is is on outpatient. So how are you going to set Mrs. Smith up for success when she's not going to see me for her 10 day recheck? What are you going to say to them Um, and allow them the opportunity to um, come up with what are they going to say in in their own words and how are they going to, how are they going to solve that problem without the pressure of, Oh God, Mrs. Smith is actually on the phone. What do like she's gonna be pissed that I'm about to tell her that she can't see, you know, um, she can't see me tomorrow. So how ha, ha, you know, you take that pressure away from them and ask them to think and give them the opportunity to be creative and really knock it out of the park, I think is helpful. So, so smart because that's exactly what happens is we can either have a quick meeting and everybody can think about what they're gonna say when the long time owner client calls or walks in and we can do this together and we can all talk about strategies that might be helpful or we can let every person have that unpleasant experience individually <laughs> in real time with real yeah. consequences what do you want to do and so there's that you know how we make this even easier and i think it brings us to the next part of this conversation is if we want our staff to be good at introducing this person um and also to genuinely feel comfortable with this person so that they will back him or her up naturally. Mm-hmm. They need to, they need to know the new vet, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. not just and not just the basics. I mean, I think the basics we talked about before, bare minimum. Where's this person yeah. from? Where'd they go to school? What are their medical interests? And that is the bare minimum. That is day one. Right. But right. by two, you should have more than that. You know, right. we need to start incorporating this person into our culture, into our team. We know that from human medicine, when nurses work with doctors that they know, like actually know, they have a higher job satisfaction, they have a lower turnover, and they make fewer mistakes. Why? Because those nurses are more comfortable questioning those doctors, checking those doctors, asking Mm -hmm. those doctors things. Why? Because they have an actual relationship, not Mm -hmm. just a superficial work relationship that has these weird status things tied up in it. So how do you bring the new vet into the team to really start to genuinely build that trust and build those relationships that are going to make these introductions happen a lot more organically and smoothly. Well, yeah, I think it's a great opportunity to have some fun with your team. Have a, have a dinner, have lunch, have a team meeting where you get a rep to buy them pizza. It doesn't have to be um, a, a giant grand big thing, but I mean, summer's the perfect time, you guys, if you wanted to do a team outing and have a, you know, have a team barbecue and have everybody get together. I mean, there's tons of ways that you can have fun as a team. Just do something, do something to get your team to um, get to know who this person is as an individual and create, create those. You have to go creating those opportunities because if you're waiting for your team to seek out the opportunity to be like, oh, hey, Dr. Rourke, today was a really, really rough day. We've already been working for 10 hours. We're going to go have, you know, some margaritas across the street. Do you want to come? 
those kind of opportunities might come up, but it may take a while before they get there. And so you have to do something to help your team create um, those opportunities. And it can be something that's built into the structure of your normal business day. Like I said, if you already have a team meeting on the agenda, have have some pizza and have a little bit of fun with it. Get them to play, um, you know, 20 questions or what if, and not only get to know the the new associate, but also to reveal a little bit about themselves and create opportunities for the new associate to feel like they're getting to know your front desk CSR that's been there for 20 years. And as a new associate, you know full well that the front desk has your fate in their hands. So help create opportunities for them to get to know the front desk team too and the technicians and see them as people. It, it goes both ways. Yeah, 100%. I. I think you can absolutely start doing quick things inside the office, just like you said. Um, and if you're going to have a pizza lunch or something like that, I love your idea of actually having some games. Because otherwise what happens is everyone clusters off into their little groups and they talk. Right. Throw in, and you can find, go online, just Google icebreakers, Google mm-hmm. get to know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And you go, but Andy, we've got 20 employees and 19 of them know each other. They don't know everything about each other. Yeah. It's you know, there's a million ways to do this. And even if, uh, even if they have done something like this before, it's a great refresher because we forget what, you know, Candace at the front desk, uh, really, really loves to do on her day off. Like I, I knew that six years ago, not sure. I remember it now. Right. There are two management tools that I have had in my toolbox since I started in this job. And I, um, recommend to, especially to all new managers to keep them on their shelves. One is there's a book series that's actually called What If, and it's uh, questions questions for the game of life. I think is what it's what it's called. Um, but if you search on Amazon, What If, it'll come up. Um, it's a little tiny um, book. You can keep it on your bookshelf, and it's got you know a hundred pages of what if kind of questions. And my favorite is to pass the book around, let them flip it, and open to a page, pick any question off the page to answer. You're going to find out random information that's more than the run of the mill, you know, what's your favorite animal or, you know, why did you start working in veterinary medicine? Those questions are important, but it gets them having a little bit of fun. The other is um, they make question balls. So they're small, squishy, um, soccer ball size balls. And I have several of them. They sit on my bookshelf in my office. Um, and every little square on the ball has a has a question in it. And so this is a fun way to get them up on their feet, get them moving. You can have them toss the ball back and forth to one another and set up a rule like whatever your right middle finger touches is the question you have to answer. Um, it gets them moving and gets them having fun fun and it's super, super easy and it doesn't take long, you guys. Even if you have a giant team of, you know, 30 people, you can go through a question in 10 or 15 minutes for your entire team. That is time that is very well spent. Yeah, I completely agree. And you want to go a little bit deeper, uh, getting out of the office is definitely a possibility. It may not be something you can do on the fly, but guys, Labor Day is coming up. Um, it'll be, yeah. it'll start cooling down a little bit. Uh, a cookout is a fantastic thing. You do it in the middle of the day. Uh, it, it is a great way you don't, no one's bringing alcohol, anything like that it gets you, uh, gets you away from a lot of, uh, headaches that you might run into at other times. Mm-hmm. But, um, a cookout. And when I say a cookout, I mean, really go after this. We did a cookout at my house, uh, hosted a cookout at about 20 some people. We got a above ground swimming pool, not like a, a permanent one, yeah. but they have, they have, yeah, yeah. They have temporary yeah. one. And we brought it in and it took, uh, 
two hours or so to set up. And me and one other person, we set it up. We ran the the hose, the garden hose into it overnight. And it wasn't anywhere close. This thing was like four feet deep. It was ridiculous. We we put two feet of water in it, you know, and some floaties. Right. And um, and then we we had a, a cookout and we, you know, we had a, a little outdoor seating area and everything like that. And what happened is we told people, bring your family. And that little pool was overrun with kids with a sprinkler going and they were just going wide open. Guys, you can rent inflatables, get a bounce house for the kid mm-hmm. and, and a, some sort of dinky little pool water feature. And those kids will run themselves and they'll have a great time. And they're, I was about to say they're owners. The kids <laughs> owners um, can just let them off leash and just let them run. And they'll sit back and they, they get some food and they get some, some friendship and some fellowship and that, you know what I mean? And they, and they talk to each other and it's outside of work and you know, you can, um, you can, you can, you can do these things. My advice is if you're going to do something like this, take it seriously, have a little bit of an opening. Um, even if it's just kind of gather, wait until people get yeah. there, gather them up and say, Hey guys, thanks for coming. Talk about why you do it. Why are you having this cookout? Well, it's because I want you guys to know each other and, 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 you know, and, and uh, and enjoy being together, and we work with fantastic people. And I don't know that we always get to appreciate that because we're we're always talking medicine. Uh, you can do stuff like you can not you can disallow them from talking shop, and say right. there is one rule: you cannot talk about medicine or patients while you're here. You know, something like yeah. that. I mean, you can totally do that. And so I love stuff well, like that. I'm a big fan of escape rooms. I. <sighs> I, I personally love them. I do them with my wife. I love them. But it is a one-hour thing. It's a, it's a fairly fixed cost. It's a fairly reasonable cost. You can rent out a room. You can pack, you know, depending on, on the place, 8, 10, 12 people in there. You, you know, you can, you can do this. And now they're together and they're working on a thing. And then yeah. you, can have, you can have dinner afterwards or before or something like that. But there's a million little options. Going bowling together. There are things that don't have to break the bank, won't break the bank. Give your people a reason just to be out and be together. And if you say, guys, we're going bowling to welcome the new doctor, please come um, and, and, you know, and, and spend some time. I just think that that I think that makes a big statement about what you think is important and and that you want your clinic to be a happy place. And, you know, those those things matter. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also create opportunities to get your clients involved that don't have to go to like the full scale, let's have an open house. Although this is the time of year where um, a lot of clinics start thinking about doing an open house leading into the fall. Um, and it certainly creates an amazing opportunity for you to do that. I mean, what better reason than to say, hey, we're bringing a new bed on board. Let's let's have an open house. Um and those are those are super fun, but they do take a lot of planning. But um, you know, your I I guarantee you that if you reach out to your um, key vendors that you work with and you say, hey guys, we're super excited because we're bringing this new vet on board. They are going to be excited too because they know that this is um, your practice, a sign of your practice growing and they want to help support that and say, hey, um, we had a vendor uh, who brought in a food truck. Um, 
to my practice in California. And we had one day where um, we had a food truck and um, clients could come by and say it actually was um, for me when I was leaving the practice. And um, But the team got to have lunch all together and it was during the course of a normal business day. But we had clients who I had known for years who, um, you know, stopped by to say hi and say goodbye. And, um, you know, you have opportunities to involve your your clients in the experience too, which is, um, which makes it even more fun. And then outside of work, I think, I think involving them outside of work and getting everybody um, comfortable on a personal level is really important. The other thing that came up when we were talking about this that I think is so, so key is create an opportunity for the new associate to get to know your team and get to know their pets. So um, my practice does uh, several times a year, we do employee um, pet wellness um boot camps, I guess, training days where we use it as an opportunity to train team members on new skills. And we also use it as an opportunity to get all the employee pets caught up on all of their um, annual wellness stuff. Because let's be real, like our pets often come um, at the very last bottom of the pile when it um, when it comes to getting them taken care of. And so um, at a prior practice, we had some um, new doctors start with us. And so we asked them, you know, hey, would you guys be game to do a day where you're going to get to meet a bunch of the staff pets and meet some staff that does work on days when you normally aren't here because we're going to do an employee pet um, wellness day and we're going to have them bring in their pets. And they were all about it because they wanted the opportunity to expose the team to their their style of medicine and get to know the employees' um, pets because there's no easier way to connect with, you know, the somewhat um, introverted technician that doesn't work on your days than to go, oh my gosh, you have Boston Terriers. I'm so excited to meet your pets. You're, you're creating an opportunity to make those connections for them. And the end result of that is that you want them to be able to say to your clients, I would trust Dr. Work to look after my my personal pets. In fact, we just, um, you know, had a day where we got our pets caught up on their annual exams and vaccines and their annual blood work, just like, you know, Fluffy's going to get today. And Birdie actually came in and saw Dr. Rourke and I, it was a great experience. He was so gentle with her. You know, she's normally nervous when she comes in, but she did great. And, you know, I would have no, no fear in trusting my personal pet to him. And I, you know, I think that you're going to feel the same way. I mean, talk about a giant um, A plus endorsement for your new vet, your new vet to be able to experience. Well, it goes back to you know there is no stronger endorsement that you can make to a pet owner than this is what I do for my pet, yeah. and that's why I always tell people that. And they only say it if it's true. Never, never fake it. Only say it if yeah. it's true. But yeah. that's there's nothing else you can say than this is what I do for my pet. And if you're the mm-hmm. tech and you say you know honestly, Doctor Rourke is the vet that uh, he saw my dog last week because she needed her shots and things, mm-hmm. and, and he was great. So let's let's mm-hmm. open up a little side door here. I just want to show you this little little, little side room in our conversation. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about how the vets can help themselves because I've been okay. on the other side of this because there are hopefully probably some vets who are listening to this being like, okay, I'm gonna ask my pet, I'm gonna ask the practice owner to do this or I'm gonna mention this, you know, because they're they're trying to they're trying mm-hmm. to get their feet on them and they're trying to get up to speed or maybe they're standing around twiddling their thumbs and they're going. This isn't good. It's not good for the practice. It's not good for me. I, I want to. Mm-hmm. I want to get going. Things that that the vets can do for themselves. Jump number one. Jump in there and take care of the tech's pets. 
when they bring their pet for a drop off or they want to get something done, don't, don't say yes. If they ask you (laughs) do, do what you can to, 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 to help them to do that, to do that work. And I cannot tell you, and it's, this is the definition of short-sighted. I will hear pets be like, "Ah, I don't get paid to work on the staff pets. Mm -hmm. You are out of your mind. If that's your holdup, like you have lost sight of the forest because of the trees. Um, this is, this pays a massive dividends in them trusting you and them being comfortable with you, you know, and, and it's going to come back around to them endorsing you and then watching your back. It's like, do this work. And I, you know, and just take care of your staff. Yeah. It, you know, it, it will, it will come back to you, especially if you're the new person, this is great time. And, and here's the other thing too. If you're the new person and you're taking care of staff pets, work them up. Do, I yes. mean, do what you would do in the exam room. Don't right. do the, don't do the, Hey, you might tech for 10 years and you know how to do this. I'm just going to quickly do this. And not, I'm not going to tell you what I'm doing. Cause you, you understand, you've heard you, you know what I'm doing. Don't do that. Give them sort of the experience, ask them some questions, go through and really do it so that they can try to see you from the pet owner's point of view. And that just gives them more information to work with. So number one, work on the staff pets and get to know them. And number two, and you mentioned this earlier, I just want to really clearly call it out. The front desk will make you or break you when Mm -hmm. when you start. And so them liking you, them being able to speak highly of you, even if they haven't seen you with their pets, if they just think that you are pleasant and nice and um, a good, you know, good listener, good to work with, uh, if they're big on you, then, then those things come out in those phone calls and they mm-hmm. can, they can really help you. If they feel good about you, then they will send some of the long-term clients to see you. And if they don't feel good about you, it's amazing how protective the front desk will be of the clients and they will, they will shunt people away from you or they will, yeah. it may not even be a conscious decision, but they will, want you to earn the right to see those clients. Right. Right. And I think that that comes um, full circle to kind of the last point, which is um, you have to, at some point, if you want a new associate to succeed, whether they're experienced or they're a new grad, you have to give away some of your clients. And so there's a couple ways to do that. One of them is to um, talk to your front desk team about intentionally giving all new clients to your new associate, help them, help them build their books. And that can be as simple and should be as simple as you as the practice owner or me as the practice manager saying, Hey guys, I, I need you to understand what our plan is for Dr. Rourke. We want to keep him busy. We want to, um, you know, get clients in to see him. So any new clients that come in, we're going to put on his books if at all possible. So if they, for scheduling reason or whatever, um, can't come in on, on, one of his open time slots, then you can put it in one of the other doctor's, you know, columns and you're going to notate that, you know, couldn't, you know, only time owner could come in or whatever so that we know why you're doing it, but put all of the other new clients on, um, on that associate because your new associate, they're, they're usually excited to be there. Um, they have, they have the energy. And even if they're starting midsummer, when let's be real, it's kind of probably a crazy shit, shit show at your clinic. I know it is at mine. It's how summer goes they have energy and they are excited to see those clients. And so what better way to create a new client experience than the doctor who has energy and who is rearing to go, right? Oh gosh. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And then I think another thing that you can do is um, any of those floater clients. So the clients who have, who've come in and seen a different doctor every time they've come in, if you're a multi-doctor practice 
or um, the clients who are a once a year only type of clients. Like they come in once a year for their annual, that's it. You never see them any other time. Introduce them to the new associate and hand them off. Start funneling those kind of clients into your new associate's books because it's going to help. Um, it's going to help them build their client base, and it's going to take some opportunities to maybe bond some of those clients that didn't that didn't strongly feel a bond um, previously potentially to someone brand new and create an opportunity for them to to bond with the practice and maybe want to come in a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last thing, right, is um, in the course of this conversation is you mentioned earlier talking to those difficult clients or those clients that you think your front desk is going to be protective of. Those are the clients that I think you have to intentionally think about handing off. And maybe it's just handing them off because their 10-day recheck is coming up on a day when you're going to be out of the office. And so instead of delaying that recheck, which may not be the best medicine for the pet until you're back a week later, hand them off and say, you know, Mrs. Jones, I'm not going to be here on Friday when Kiki's coming in for her or needs to come in for her recheck, but I would like for you to see Dr. Work. Um, you know, he's our he's our new doctor. I I really enjoy working with him. I think that you're going to love him. And when I get back from my vacation, I'll touch bases with him and see how the, you know, how your appointment went and, um, and just make sure that everything went fine, you know, with Kiki, that you're setting the tone, you're setting the stage for some of those difficult clients. You're not really giving them an out. You're telling them why you feel like it's best medicine for you to hand it off to another doctor. And it creates an opportunity for you to maybe take some of those clients that, you don't need to be seeing, but you see maybe because they've kind of glommed onto you over the years, it it creates an opportunity for them to feel a little bit of the love with someone else. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree. So let, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about, about, about this. Um, when we talk about handing clients off, the biggest problem that I see in practices with new vets, right, is it actually happens at the front desk. And there is this, uh, it, it's, it's, it's this, it's an unconscious thing. It's not usually intentional, but people don't realize how much the specific words that they say really matter in booking sure. these appointments. Right. And so what will happen is <clears throat> the pet owner will call and, uh, say, I need to come in for an appointment. And the person at the front desk will go, do you have a doctor preference? No one is going to say, do you have someone brand spanking new? <laughs> is there, is there, I don't know. You got anybody who's been a vet for less than two months? Cause yeah. that's really what I'm feeling. <laughs> no, no, gonna, just, just surprise me. Is there someone who sees many, many fewer appointments than everyone else? That's the person I want. No, <laughs> no one's going to say that. And I, I use that as an example, but that's exactly what people say. And I've heard them so many times say, do you have a doctor preference? And I get it. And when you have an established practice, you know what I mean? And you don't have any new doctors, that's totally fine. And so people say, well, what should they say? And it, it really depends on, I always talk about, it depends on the phase that you are in in your business. And there's a cyclical phase, right? There's an established phase where everybody's been here for a long time. We are running smoothly. You know, we've everybody's sort of got their clientele. 
And mm-hmm. then there's the growth phase where we have we have some new faces, we have some new people, we're sort of onboarding. You know, maybe we're changing a little bit of the way we do some things. Mm-hmm. Those things are cyclical. You will be established. And then you will be in the growth phase because people will leave or they will retire or they will go mm-hmm. on or you will expand. You will add people like, and you will go back into that growth phase. And so what you say at the front desk, it's probably fine, but it may not match up with where you are in, in your cycle of growth right now. And so mm-hmm. at this point, then that's a great way to, to say to the front desk, you, you're great. You've done great work. We have a new person. We're going into a different phase. We need to change how we say things. And so I'm not going to ask the parent if they if they have a doctor that they want. You know what I mean? What I will say is, especially when we have new vets, the front desk should be asking, great, so you can come in. When's a, um, when is the best time for you to be able to come in? Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, I can come in Wednesday afternoon. Great. You can see uh, we have an appointment with Dr. Rourke at Wednesday at 3. He's our new doctor. He's fantastic. Can I put that on the books for you? And just, you know what I mean? Instead of asking, is there a doctor you'd like to see? Let me find a time. That is right. immediately biased against the new person. Like it's the odds are stacked against them. You say, when would you like to come in? Pow. And start booking based on time. Now, if this person only wants to see Dr. Uh, Goss, then then they may say, I'd, I'd really like to see Dr. Goss. And you say, okay. Well, she, um, she's available a little bit earlier in the afternoon. She's got a one o'clock. Would that work for you? And you, and you let them go. And then what we'll hopefully do is when they come in, we will have that uh, interaction, that introduction, that endorsement, you know what I mean? And we can start building that trust, but what the front desk says, it does matter. Do you have Mm -hmm. thoughts on, on how to book those appointments in? Yeah. And well, and I was going to say, I was going to play devil's advocate on the flip side. I think asking them, um, I I always ask, do they have a a day or time of day preference because I think that's a really important question. It helps you steer them towards um, your new vet. I do think that asking them, do you have a doctor preference is also helpful because it creates opportunities for them to say, no, I don't have a preference or for them to say, well, I, I usually see Dr. Hickey, but I'm really worried about this. So I'd prefer to come in sooner rather than later. It allows you to kind of know what the boundaries are or if they adamantly are like, oh, no, I only see Dr. Rourke when I come in. Um, it creates the opportunity for you as a CSR to say, okay, looking at Dr. Rourke's schedule, the first available opening I have isn't for two weeks. However, I do have an opening tomorrow afternoon with Dr. Hickey and she is our new vet and she is phenomenal. She just started with us after being with another local practice for the last 13 years. Um, You know, she's been super fun to work with. She practices a very similar style to Dr. Rourke. And I think you would really like her. Would you prefer, um, would you, would you rather that I get fluffy in tomorrow or would you prefer to wait two weeks until Dr. Rourke's first opening, which is Friday, the whatever, like, you you can frame it for them so that you are setting them up for success with the new vet. And you wouldn't necessarily know that if you hadn't asked them about their doctor preference. So I don't actually think it's all that bad of a question, but I do think it is all in how you ask it and how you frame the response to it. Yeah. I I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I see where you I see what you're saying. And there's definitely some some nuance here too. It is difficult to take someone who has three pets and they only see one doctor for the last 15 years, uh, yeah. that, that person is probably going to want to continue to see their doctor. Um, uh, and so th- there is some, some nuance in looking at what is this person's history? 
as you, as you sort of try to book them in. But like you said, those are also the perfect clients to say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and put you, you know, on Dr. Work's schedule. And you know, our new doctor happens to be working that same day. I'm going to make a note in your chat, in your chart. And if she's free, I would love for Dr. Work to introduce you to her because I think you're going to love her and use your books. You guys make those kind of notes in the appointment schedule, Um, you know, put intro, you know, Dr. H on there so that the doctor and the, the technicians who are setting up that appointment know, oh, hey, if, if you know, the new doctor's free, we're going to try and pull them into this exam room just to say, hey, and introduce them to a longtime client because you want those longtime clients, even if they have established relationships with um, your owner, especially with your owner doctors, you still want to want to want to create, to create, create opportunities to enter the new vet to those doctors because even if those clients are loyal to your owner doctor and they're the kind of clients who Mrs. Smith only sees Dr. Rourke, she's never going to see anybody else. You bet that if she's at the dog park with Fluffy and someone's like talking about their vet and talking about, oh yeah, I'm going in and I'm going to see their, you know, have you heard anything about their new doctor? I'm going in to see them next week because they didn't have any openings with anybody else. It creates an opportunity for that established loyal client to say, well, you know, I, I see Dr. Work, but I happen to have been there last week and I met the new doctor and she seemed really lovely. I, you know, I, we, we talked about how she, you know, grew up in this area or whatever. You're still creating those opportunities for those loyal clients to pass that information along, even if it doesn't affect them. So don't think that that isn't a powerful opportunity. Yeah, I agree with that. And the last part I would say is uh, air cover. You can definitely, you can definitely give air cover when it comes to introducing everyone. What I mean by that is, um, you can do a nice little picture sign welcome in the lobby. You, uh, your Facebook page is a big deal. Get pictures of the doctor. Um, you may figure out a couple of different posts to do and we won't get too much into how to do that, but, um, Mm -hmm. but strategically you can, you can announce when the person is coming, you can announce when they arrive you can, mm-hmm. you know, you make sure that you're really getting them on social so that people yeah. who follow your page are seeing them. Um, I like an email. I like an email if um, if there's a well-known practice owner to write the email, like do it, mm-hmm. do it as a personal letter. So there's one way you can definitely do it. If you're doing like newsletters, you can do a blast and put it in and it looks like a story. But right. I tell you what, guys, there's something really powerful about a written letter of endorsement about, hey, I'm really thrilled that Dr. Goss is here. And this is where she came from. And I want you guys to know her and why we're so happy. And so an email like that really matters. You can also, I did one time I was leaving a job before I came to South Carolina. I was leaving a job in Maryland and it was a great practice. I really loved it there. I was very, very happy there. I really liked that job a lot. My wife got uh, a job in South Carolina and that's when we moved down here. So I had, uh, so I had to go. And so it was the most wonderful amicable parting of ways with with tears all around like it was it was that kind of and so Mm -hmm. i wrote a letter and um and i wrote a letter to the clients and just said thank you for letting me serve you and be a part of your life and this hospital Mm -hmm. is wonderful and i am leaving you with uh dr hampton and and dr uh warden and dr stabler who is a new doctor who is coming in to work with the clinic and she is wonderful. And I introduced her, I introduced my replacement and it worked well because I was leaving on such good terms, you know, and, 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 you know, we put her, her picture, I think in the, in the letter and stuff. And yeah, it was, it was kind of a neat handoff and I got tons of 
replies back from our from our pet owners. And so that was, mm-hmm. that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I think um, this is, you know, you, you mentioned some sidebars for things that the vets who are new grads or new associates who might be listening could do for themselves. This is one of those things when the practice manager or, or the practice owner, um, but more likely when I come to you and I'm like, hey, I really need some information for your bio for the website. This is an opportunity for you to take it into your own hands and be like, hey, I'm I'm pretty sure you guys are probably going to, you know, do something to update the website. I have some awesome pictures of my pets that I would love to, you know, email over to you or, you know, I wrote down some things about myself that you could use. It's an opportunity to not like be like, oh, God, you're going to put me on the website. Do I really have to write a bio to to not have that that kind of attitude and help yourself? Because I'm telling you, if you came to me with a little bit of excitement about introducing you, um, it would go an amazingly long way. Um, Similarly, you can uh, do a welcome banner or signage outside your hospital. You know, I mean, how good would you feel as a new vet if you pulled up to your practice and there was a giant banner on the front of the building that said, you know, welcome Dr. Rourke to the, to the practice. And you got to see that every day before walking in the door. I mean, that, that has to be an awesome feeling. And my practice in California, we were right downtown. And so when we had a new vet come and we would have a banner on the front of the building, like it would catch your eye when you're driving by clients, non-clients, people are paying attention to that and seeing it. So you're creating opportunities for advertising for your practice in general in that way. Same with, um, you know, asking the local newspaper to do a spotlight on your new vet. They love that kind of stuff because it can be really easy copy for them at the at the paper, but also it's free promotion for for your clinic, but also a great way to introduce the doctor and make it seem like a conversation and put out that information about them that you want your your clients to know. Doing a spotlight, like you said, in the in the lobby. If you have a, a bulletin board, um, there are some practices where their teams are like super into decorating everything for the holidays and they still have a central bulletin board space, make a staff um, spotlight space there. Or if you have digital signage and TVs in, in your lobby or your exam rooms, it's an awesome opportunity for you to create a little intro welcome to the practice, um, you know, uh, slide and throw it up there on your, on your digital signage. And then the last place that a lot of practices don't think about is especially this time of year when your practice is super, super busy. And I hate to say it, but we have to put clients on hold because the phones are going bananas use your on-hold messaging, have, have an introduction, you know, um, you know, Cleveland Park Animal Hospital is really excited to announce the introduction of our newest associate, Dr. Rourke. Dr. Rourke came to us from blah, 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 and have a little, you know, 15 second blurb about your new doctor on your on-hold messaging. You guys, it's a captive audience. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. All right, ma'am. Well, I think that's what I've got on this. You got anything else to add? No, I think that's that's all I got. I am super excited um, for the all of you guys out there who are about to start your your new job, particularly our our new grad friends. Um, I wish you guys all the best of luck because this is a really exciting time of year. Totally. All right. See you next week. All right.